Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Saturday, the 8th of October. This is episode 229. Damon, how are you doing? How's your week been? We're doing good. Nice, nice, beautiful weather today. Beautiful, be- beautiful fall day today. Not a cloud in the sky. Uh, cool crispness in the air. Uh, it's hockey season has begun. Uh, baseball playoffs have begun. Uh, I put a hundred dollars down on a champion. Is it Champions League? <laughs> no, champ. That was a championship. Championship. What was right. it? The matter? Sorry, I'm, I'm looking now. What, you sent us this screenshot. Uh, Norwich against Preston. I, I'm sorry. I know I follow English football, but I have no opinions about Norwich versus Preston for you. <laughs> well, f- I stumbled across a statistic uh, where. Uh, I don't even know one of those two teams. Uh, they just scored like they had twelve games, and they they haven't scored two goals in a game. Um, so I took the under, and then uh, I parlayed that with a little hockey, which I won. So I just got to I just got to root for under two and a half goals. So everybody, fingers crossed, under two and a half goals in this game that I barely even <laughs> know who they are. Maniac. I felt, I sent you the text. I was like, I feel. How much dirty. you stand to win? Uh, I bet a hundred to win. I think it was like two sixty, two seventy. So it's not super great odds, but I'll take it. I'll double my money. Fine. So of course uh, we had Royal Quest Two taking place last weekend, which puts us in a bit of a weird situation, Damon, because we don't have it on VOD yet. I assume we're going to be getting. After uh, Declaration of Power, that's from what I've heard. And the reason seems to be that they didn't want to put it on live if they knew they didn't have the infrastructure there to do it justice. But it's still a bit weird having this show that, by all accounts, everyone seems to have enjoyed and people are praising very highly. But (laughs) we can't talk about it yet. I wouldn't, you know, this is not the case of me wanting to protect people from spoilers because I don't think the results are anything. Uh, groundbreaking or mind-blowing that people need to be uh, protected from but it's more just you know I want to see the show for myself before we can talk about it so I don't want to sort of read off a load of uh, second-hand accounts of people who are at the show but uh, we have questions about this so Chris there's anywhere from your New Japan sources which of the RevPro guys impressed during Royal Quest and are being looked at being brought over for a tour I know it's not on VOD yet but having seen night one and heard all accounts they were working like they knew they were being scouted uh, Multiverse says, how surprised are you that it seems you won't see Royal Quest 2 until after Declaration of Power? So, yeah, I don't want to comment on anything until I've actually seen the show. So hopefully with Declaration of Power happening on Monday, 
it would be nice if we could get Royal Quest 2 some point next week. Uh, disappointed that hasn't gone up so far. But as I said on the pod last week, I was convinced that people who went would have a great time. No one's going to be leaving that show disappointed. And I proved to be right. You know, I don't know how much of a hot take that was, but it sounds like everyone who went there had a blast. Um, you know, we we knew that the quality of the card, it wasn't, you know, an A show or anything. People say, you know, it was a house show level card in as much as the, the matches that were on paper, but it all over-delivered. Everyone had a blast. I'm hearing a lot of match of the year buzz about Aussie Open against FTR. Hearing great things about Yotosuji as well. So I'm excited to be watching the show. I feel, you know, people have written and asked some questions about which guy's impressed. I don't want to talk about it until I've actually seen the show for myself. Yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty pointless, right? I mean, and we haven't really heard that much, to be quite honest with you, um, about anything coming out of there that was, you know, super newsworthy or, or you know, people getting signed on the spot or who impressed and who didn't. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have to see the show because eh, it does feel weird that in this day and age, we, we can't pull it off, but you know what? I'm, I'm kind of in the boat of, if, if we all know how bad it was the last time. And that's frustrating, especially, you know, if you got shit to do and, you know, you, you're carving out a certain amount of time to watch the show. And if it's a poor quality, then. Yeah, I think maybe that helps fuel fire of, ah, you guys can't do anything right. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Um, and again, it's not like the world changed with that show. It was a show that they've put on that looked very similar to shows that they would put on in the U.S. Um, with the same results. I mean, I don't think I've heard anyone thumbs down the overall show and the, and the and the time that they had and the fun that they had and the quality of the show. Um, but in the same breath, again, uh, nobody hit us up and was like, I'm, this was the, you know, this was wrestle kingdom. <laughs> and we all knew it wasn't going to be, um, we kind of, it kind of landed where we thought it would land when it came to fan, um, appreciation for the show. I mean, it's, people liked it, and but again, here's I, I mean, we're going to watch it, and I think that people listening to this show are going to watch that show when it uploads, but I can't imagine anyone just kind of going out of their way that's maybe a casual fan and having to watch it. I just don't, and that's the, and that's the, the the bad part about having things you know on demand, video on demand, is that. You know, if it's not deemed as important or it's not deemed as must watch, then in this day and age, people are going to find something else to do that during that time. And it's going to kind of get pushed under the carpet. Now, I will say this. I've heard nothing but just outstanding reviews for the tag match that we thought was going to be great. Uh, FTR and Aussie Open. I heard that was just a, a, a must see match. So, I mean, there is that. But, you know, I worry a little bit about things just kind of losing its shelf life. Yeah, likewise. I heard buzz about that match. I've heard buzz about Yotosuji, who yep. wasn't originally scheduled to be on the show, but was a late replacement for Jonah, who didn't fly over due to the uh, the hurricane situation. Was it a typhoon? I can't remember. Typhoon, okay. wasn't it? We call it a hurricane. Oh, okay. yep. uh, it, uh, I, yeah. Have you ever seen any, have you seen any footage of that? Uh, I haven't, no. Oof, it was, I mean... Uh, 
Fort Myers, Florida, which is on the Gulf side, the Gulf of Mexico side, um, they just got fucking destroyed. <laughs> that hurricane, man. I mean, we're talking like hundred and sustained winds of 120 miles an hour. Like just, it just looks like, a, you know, it's just leveled. It's just leveled. And the, and the storm surge flooding. Oh my God. Some of those videos are so scary. So, uh, Hey, if you're down there, I hope everybody's safe. Yeah. Uh, Survive well, I say survived. I mean, I experienced the typhoon myself, Typhoon Moranti. This was in late 2016, I think, when I just moved over to Xiamen in China, and that was, yeah, pretty horrific. Uh, so, yeah, everyone who was uh, affected by that is okay. And I apologize that our Royal Quest 2 takes won't be fresh, but <laughs> what will be fresh <laughs> will be the delicious food from our friends over at HelloFresh. Oh, the segues are the best. I'm not going to lie. They are. That's, that's, that's a professional broadcaster right there, kids. Don't, don't, don't fool yourselves. Hey, you want to know what HelloFresh is? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Awesome. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's number one in America when it comes to meal kits. Pretty awesome. Hey, uh, subscribe to HelloFresh and, you know, check, save money off your full to-do list. <laughs> HelloFresh is uh, 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping, too. Uh, you know, you got it with HelloFresh, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. So you know they're fresh, plus pre-portioned ingredients make cooking a snap. That's what I just did there. A snap. Cut down on food waste. We don't want that in this day and age. So, uh, listen, I know you've been thinking about it. I know it's something that uh, has been on your mind. Save some money. Get that uh, fresh, farm fresh meals delivered to your doorstep. Check it out. I got a deal for you. Why don't you do this? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do this? I want you. Do we have a link? I'm looking here. I wanted to do something, Joe, but I can't find the link. Where's our? Uh... Oh, there it is. Sorry about that. Here's what I want you to do. Hey, go to hellofresh.com/slash/vow65. VOW 65. Okay. They changed it up on us, Joe. <laughs> it's, the, yeah, they certainly did. Just keeping you on your toes, making sure you're reading the copy. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so so it's new, everyone. Uh, HelloFresh.com slash VOW 65. That's a 65. And use the code VOW 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's pretty cool. All right. So again, magic number 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. It's America's number one meal kit. We highly recommend it. I use it. Uh, I find it to be really good. The food's good. The recipes are fun, easy, simple with directions. And again, everything's mapped out. An idiot could do it if I could do it. Uh, so head on over. VOW65. Uh, put in the code VOW65, 65% off. Now's the time to do it. All right, HelloFresh, you, you kept us on our toes. 
and kept us, kept the lights on for us with your nice money for yes. fucking your products. I got that PayPal email the other day. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Making it rain, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm going to mix it up this week. I'm going to talk strong first. So wow. Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed this show. Um, let me talk about the first match, which was the DKC and Kevin Knight getting a win over Barrett Brown and Bateman. So DKC pinned Barrett Brown after 8 minutes, 16 seconds with the Crucifix Bomb. Now, this isn't some massive upset because I think DKC at this point, you know, given that he's got one or two tours of Japan under his belt, uh, I would say is probably above Barrett Brown in the pecking order. But just seeing a young line team getting a win, I think this is two wins in a row for them, is something to raise an eyebrow at, I think. And... I would not be surprised to see DKC and Kevin Knight making their way to getting a strong tag team championship opportunity at some point. So if we do get DKC and Kevin Knight against, uh, for sake of argument, Aussie Open, I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't think they'll win, but it's good to see DKC uh, picking up wins. And I do like that crucifix bomb pin finish. I think it's very cool. Uh, The second match, we had Aaron Solo defeating Che Cabrera in 8 minutes 31 with a schoolboy. So uh, Che Cabrera, actually, this is his debut. So he's got if we got our checklist, Dane, he's got the spandex singlet, okay. he's got the goatee, he's got the ponytail, the long hair, he's got all the ingredients to be the next bad dude Tito. So watch watch this space, Che Cabrera. Could be, could be our next favourite. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, Aaron Solo here, part of the factory, picking up the win here. And I know what they're doing with the factory here. I think there's a, a little heel faction that's picking up some genuine heat from the, the strong crowd because they don't like them. Uh, but they're putting on good matches and I think it's quite a useful spot for them to be built up and, you know, beat these lower card guys, but then be fed to, you know, the top young lines. You know, you guys like Shota Uman or Ren Narita or Yu Uemura or whomever it is. So it's a good spot for them on Strong, and I think they're doing well. And our main event was the Strong Openweight Championship match with Fred Rosser getting in his third defense against the challenger TJP. 17 minutes, 20 seconds. You really like this chicken wing. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, so... I mean, usually with these strong matches, the, they, they usually sort of come in at around 10 minutes. So this one got a lot longer than usual. And Fred Rosser is a guy who, every time I sit down to watch a match, I always sort of have to have this little conversation with myself. saying, am I overrating his matches just because I like him and I like strong? But after this one, I can conclusively say, no, I thought he was really good here. I thought TJP was good here. There's just something away like the emotion that Fred Rosser puts into the matches and the way he can sort of tell an in-ring story. That is just very, very compelling. And I think TJP is, I know people don't like him personally, but I just think he's criminally underrated as far as a, a guy to have on your roster who can do, you know, he can be a person who puts on great matches in best of the super juniors. He's doing outstanding stuff with the junior tag title situation at the moment. And as a guy, you can plug in for a strong open weight championship match here and, deliver in spades. I thought this was really, really good, really compelling with the sort of story of the sort of grappling and submission chops of TJP against the the power brute force of Fred Rosser. There was just a great match early on where TJP sort of effortlessly slipped out of one of Rosser's uh, hold attempts and just whacked his finger at him and then Rosser just slapped him in the face, which was very, very good. I just enjoyed the sort of sense of escalation there. And yeah, I think, you know, Fred Rosser, he's obviously the, the strong title reign he's got at the moment is not at the level of filthy Tom Lawler's but Tom Lawler I think is an extremely talented guy so the the bar is set very high but based on this I think there's a lot of potential for it and I'm excited I thought this was a a really good match I would 
definitely recommend people going out of their way to watch it. Even though the caveat that uh, obviously at the end of this match, we had Chris Dickinson making an unannounced run in and he attacked Fred Rosser. So that seems to be setting up a match between him and Fred Rosser. I don't know if it's going to be a title match. I'm not really interested either way. I just, from the stuff I've heard, it's soured me on Chris Dickinson and I'd rather not see him on strong. And to, to be honest, as we've spoken before on the pod, I think if New Japan are going to continue using them, just come clean about it and say, yes, we're using him. He's going to be this show, this show, this show. So let people vote with their feet. But aside from that blemish, I thought Rossa versus TJP was very, very good TV match that I think people should go and watch and enjoy. Yep. I And I agree with you a thousand percent in the sense that um, just announce that he's going to be on shows and give people the choice. Let them speak with their, their money, you know, um, you know, there might not be people who are familiar with the situation. I don't even think many people are 100%, you know, know all the facts, but we know what we know and it's not a good look. And um, if new Japan is, is uh, going to make the choice to have him be on their shows, then yeah, I think that at, at the very least, it should be a choice that a person will make when they buy their tickets. Uh, I think it's, it's very a bit important. transparency. Yes. Yes. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, I hate to, to to say it, but they've no promotions really ever done that. <laughs> you know, um, it's just, I, I, you know, and that goes back to like the 80s, you know, where, you know, you're always hiding behind cards subject to change and you don't really always know the complete lineup. You might know headliners, but um, yeah, I mean, especially now. You got to do it. I think it's. I think it's only fair. And and again, the transparency is important. I think. I think it is to give people the option to say, "Oh, what's going on here? Uh, I'm going to set this one out." Or, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to see how this plays out. I'm comfortable going to a New Japan Pro Wrestling show with him on the show." Okay, cool. I mean, let people decide that. I think that's an important thing. One other thing I would like to mention is that the episode of Strong that will be released tomorrow, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about the Ren Narita versus Juice Robinson match. So definitely check that one out. Obviously, we'll talk about it next week, but I've heard very good things about that. So keep an eye out for that one. Speaking of Juice. Um, let's move on. Yes. I'm sorry. Speaking of Juice, what do you think about the um, – I know we talked a little bit, and I and I had mentioned that you know I thought it was just him leaving – you know. And joining Bullet Club, and you know he's going to wave the Bullet Club banner. But apparently, we we had people reach out to us and say, "Well, that might not necessarily be the case." Statement, um, in the sense of that might, that might be a true thing where Juice is not going to be with New Japan any longer. Um, I mean, that could change. That could be very flexible and very fluid. But yeah, the, the, from what I understand, the, from uh, you know people that we talk to it's uh it's kind of a, of a real thing yeah it sounds like it could just be you know we're not going to be seeing him in japan regularly anymore maybe sort of the odd strong taping which will be a shame because i was quite keen on the the rock hard re-debut you know the gimmick the heel turn but as i mentioned when we talked about it last time i think the booking in the g1 has lent some credence to this idea that he may be sort of moving away from New Japan long-term. So, uh, yeah, it's a shame because uh, I, I was quite excited by the turn. Yeah, me too. And, and um, I thought it would get, you know, a new coat of paint on a guy who 
somewhat needed it. Um, I like Juice. I think Juice is fine. I think he's good. Um, I would hate to see him not be there, but I mean, the way New Japan is spread out all over the world right now with these little bubbles everywhere, um, it again, it just might mean he's just not taking the flight back to Japan and he can get work here and he can snuggle up next to Tony and, you know, and spend the night, you know, in his own bed. So hopefully that's, uh, I hope hopefully it's more of that and less of I'm going to go out and try to do other things. I'd like, you know, and you can do whatever you want. Like I, I get that people fall in and out of love with stuff. And even though he was, he's been training his entire life, it feels like for these moments, um, you can get bored with it or frustrated with it or just, you know, lost, lose your shine for it and want to do something different. I mean, you know, that could, that from what I understand, could very well be the case too. So, uh, again, a lot of speculation on my point, point based off of a handful of texts. But um, I just thought that was interesting that I was not maybe not wrong, but not right. <laughs> Let's put it that way. How much do you think this discontent is down to perpetually having to work in front of clap crowds? I think, look, if you're a pro wrestler, <laughs> you – you want to get paid is really the, the bottom line, right? You'll wrestle in front of a fucking, you know, a, a, a garbage bag. And if you get paid, you wouldn't care. That's a terrible analogy. Why would you wrestle in front of a garbage bag? Um, but my point being is that, you know, they, they, they just want to get paid. But, but if you're in a profession where you're just about your whole entire profession is based off of crowd reaction and what you do in the ring. Um, it can be very frustrating. It can be very frustrating. Um, so is there frustration? I guess, I guess your question, and, I, and you tell me if I'm wrong, it, it is that going to Japan is just becoming such a hassle. Um, because, you know, even though they can get there with relative ease, it's still, there are still plenty of restrictions and the clap crowds and all that stuff and the half capacities and all that stuff. Um, I would think it would have to play some factor, right? It would have to play some factor. I mean, imagine being in a band and being like, okay, oh. We can only perform in front of 25 people. Well, usually we get 17,000. <laughs> Wait a minute, why? No. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's some frustration with that. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these are, especially a guy like Juice who sort of feeds off of that. That's been a huge part of his character. Even though he's not a babyface anymore, I just, I can definitely see guys like this, especially when they are doing work in the US as well, where they are able to work in front of loud, noisy crowds like a you know dynamite or whatever, then they must be just a gut punch stuff to go back in front of a clap crowd. So you know, hopefully that won't last too much longer. I mean, we're seeing, it looks like more than half of this World Tag League Super Junior Tag League Tour is going to be in front of cheering crowds, which is one way to try and get people to watch World Tag League. So, uh, <laughs> I'll be tuning in. So there you go. It's something to look forward to there. Um, but let's move on to discuss Declaration of Power, which will take place this Monday, October 10th at the Ryogoku Kokugikan. So the first match is the Ren Narita comeback match. Not a singles match. We've got a six-man tag. So it's going to be Ren Narita, Robbie Eagles, and David Finley against Doki, 
Yoshiro Kanemaru and El Desperado. So Dr. Gary says, what are your thoughts on this return match? Ren being a six-man tag. And as the opening match, I was expecting something a bit more high profile. Um, Maybe it could be more profile. Um, It's Ren and who? Kushi? So it's Ren... Ren, Robbie Eagles, and Finley oh, against Doki, Kanemaru, Despi. I mean, maybe it's probably a bit. I mean, for the opening match, probably not. But could there be an angle there? Maybe That's Ren turns on his teammates and joins Suzuki Gun. But that never really makes sense when you wrestle a full match. <laughs> you're really fighting against the guys you're collaborating with and hitting them. And they are. Oh no, actually, I was just playing along. But right. yeah, maybe he joins Suzuki Gun at the end. We'll see. But I, I'm just. I don't I think that's unlikely. I think this is just. Uh, just going to be a straight six-man tag match. Renderator's back. You know, he, he pins Doki or Kanemaru and everyone's like, yeah, he rents back. There we go. Okay. They can they can make this interesting, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. Do it'll, it'll, you, you, you think he gets to win? I'll tell you right now. I don't think he gets to win. Um, so who, I mean, who's picking up the win then? I mean, it could be Robbie, could yeah. be Finley. I mean, that's, that's actually, that's a pretty nice six-man team. I like that team of Ren, Robbie, and Finley. Never six-man titles. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Wouldn't be the strangest team that Finn wasn't Finley a six man champion. That really bizarre team was it? Tanahashi. Him? Is that Suguchi, the one? Tanahashi, I want to say. I'm gonna have to look this up. Yeah, yeah. Can I guess? I'm not gonna say. Finley, Tanahashi, and somebody. Right? Wasn't it? I think it's might be Finley, Kojima. I think Kojima was in it. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. You might, you might be right. Come on, look that up. Come on, Google man. <laughs> okay, well, this uh, this Wikipedia page list of never open weight six men oh. tag team champions. I wonder how many people have been on this one. Keep scrolling. Uh, oh my god, we've got Tanahashi Elgin and Yoshi Tatsu. Yeah, that's a team. That's a team. Let's go through uh, the list Matt of those champions. I want to do that. I wanna, <laughs> I'd rather do that. <laughs> Let's go through that list. I want to see some of those okay. names. Good. You know, inaugural champions: Toriyano and the, <laughs> the Briscoe brothers. Right. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Fale Tamatonga Yudro. Okay. Uh, Yano the Briscoes again. The Elite, so Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Tanahashi, Elgin, and Yoshitatsu. Yeah. Then back to Omega and the Bucks. Then we've got Matt Seidel, Ricochet, and Kojima. Wow. That's then a team. Vacated. And then the new champions were Finley, Ricochet, and Kojima. So there we go. That was the that was it. team I was thinking of. Oh, that's what a bizarre mishmash of people. It really is. Forward, we've got. Uh, Taguchi Japan team. There's Tanahashi, Manabu Nakanishi, Arusuke Taguchi. That might be the weirdest one. That's nuts. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yep. Is Bar- the- Beretta, Ishii, and Yano. Come on. Well, I mean, it's, they were all in chaos, but yeah, okay. That like just on paper, it's weird. Go ahead. Uh, the Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano team. You remember that from three years ago? Nope. <laughs> How could you forget? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, those those are the the highlights. That's awesome. What a title! What a- I hope they keep that forever. Yeah, I think I feel like though it's somewhat lost its uh, randomness though, right? It feels like I, I like the idea of just like again, uh, I don't know, fucking Robbie Eagles and uh, I don't know Hikaleo and somebody, like, you know, just and, and oh, this team has got big random energy. Like let's let's bring back the randomness with the team of Narita Eagles and David Finley. Yeah. Yeah. Make the Never Six Man titles random again. Yes. I'm all in. I'm all in on that. Pick names out of a fucking hat. Let's go. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, second match, we've got Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. against TMDK team of Bad Dude Atito and Shane Hayes. Though I'm assuming this is just like a tune-up match for Dangerous Techers to get them some uh, all-important momentum leading towards World Tag League. But I do have a sort of interesting thought here about this team of Tito and Shane Hayes. Now, of course, historically, the more uh, the, the TMDK team we are more used to seeing has been Shane Hayes and Mad Mikey Nichols. But Mad Mikey Nichols, as of yet, has not returned to Japan. So I was wondering if this might be the TMDK team for... Uh, well, Tagli, Badgy, Tito, and Shane Haste. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, they're feeling it out, right? I would not be surprised at that at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the, the I don't want to say bottom feeder teams that would be in the league, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, I mean, God bless Badgy, Tito, for now just being a regular part of that New Japan international touring roster. Yep. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy that kind of, I mean, I remember when you fucking first announced the name, and I was like, who? Like on a strong taping or some shit? And then away we went. And I just find it amazing how much they trust this guy and, and you know, put him in somewhat bright spotlight. So... Yeah, it is. It is. A, I think it's one of the more amazing stories that that and I think Doki kind of was that to a certain degree with the people who listen to this show, at least. Um, and even outside of that. Um, but I think like right now, it, like Tito's our guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like right. it, I mean, the most important thing is bearing the lead that I was ahead of the curve on all of these guys. No so. doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You are. Without question, there is there, there is no one else on the interwebs or off that is more dialed into who's making it out of strong than Joel J. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say it now. I mean, uh-huh. Listen through half an hour of this crap. <laughs> the cover's blown already. Uh, all right. Oh, 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 oh. You want random teams, Damon? Yes. You want random teams? Third match. All right, so we've got the House of Torture show Yujiro Evil against, check this out, Ryusuke Taguchi, Hikuleo, Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's exactly what I wanted, right? <laughs> that is it. That is that it. is what I want. Fantastic. Okay, that's good. I like that. Hikuleo, Taguchi, and Tanahashi. Wow. What a fucking team. Let's go. Uh, I mean, I mean Hikuleo's got to pick up the win here, surely. We've got, we've got to get the momentum going. You know, he's got a big never title match coming up against uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson. He can't lose this one. So he wins. And then Taguchi, Hikuleo, and Tanahashi, they're in line for a title shot. And Ooh. we're one step closer to the dream. Holy moly. Look at what we're doing here. We're poking this thing out. Whew. Uh, I, Name another podcast that's going to get you this hyped for the third match <laughs> of Declaration of Power. <laughs> right. None. I'm telling you. Yeah, we like we like silly things, and when we find that silly groove, boy, we just slide right on it. Fourth match. Now, this is I'm intrigued about this. Maybe you could enlighten me. But the second match I mentioned that was Taichi and Zach against Tito and Shane Haste. Mm-hmm. Fourth match is Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, the Bishamon team, against uh, Khan on the Cobb, Great Khan and Jeff Cobb. But this one is labeled a special tag match. But the second match. Nothing. It doesn't say special tag match. So what is the difference between the second match and this match 
why does this one get to be a special tag match, but the second one is not a special tag match? That is something I cannot answer. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I want answers. Someone from New Japan, get in touch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. Why would that why is that getting the special badge of of special? Yeah, I wanna know. I wanna know. I wanna shop. Well, <laughs> we want to show. Tell us why. Tell us why, why New Japan. <laughs> why is this special? You, we want to shop. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> well, anyway, so this, uh, you know, as I've mentioned, we're leading into World Tag League. So these are two established tag teams. Uh, both are former champions. And you may remember earlier in the year, they had uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match before that championship belt was uh, dissolved and never heard from again. Uh, but yeah, that it was really good the first time they had a match. Now, this is the fourth on the match of a, uh, let me check, a nine-match card. So I don't think they're going to get necessarily the time or the spot to replicate that. But I'm into it. You know, if they, they go out there, have a nine-minute match, could be very interesting. And hard to call a winner there. I Leaning towards the United Empire team of Khan on the Cobb, because I think they should be the team that's getting the spotlight going into World Tag League. I think they've got to be one of the favourites. But you can never rule out Bishamon. I mean, yeah. What else are we going to do with Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto come Wrestle Kingdom? So just that in and of itself is a strong enough reason for me not to discount them from World Tag League. So a uh, bit of intrigue going into this very special tag match. It's special. <laughs> it's special. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm always on board with uh, Okan and Cobb. Like, I'm, 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 I just want it to happen and happen now for them to be a dominant tag team belts the whole nine yards. So we shall see, but yeah, I think, I think if I had odds uh, or were laying some money down, I would say that Khan, Okan and Cobb might be my pick to win world tag league. Might be my pick. So our fifth match, we've got an eight-man tag match with the LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu, Sanada, and Naito against United Empire team of Francesco Akira, TJP, Aaron Hanare, and Will Ospreay. So obviously, the spotlight is going to be on Naito and Ospreay, who are going to be wrestling for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match on November the 5th at uh, Battle Autumn in Osaka. But I'm looking at other members in this match. So obviously, Akira and TJP are our IWGP junior tag team champions. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Bushi and Hiromu challenge for those titles. I don't know when, I don't know where. I mean, it might be something fresh and interesting for Hiromu for them to win the Super Junior Tag League and then have that maybe, that, that could be your opening match at Wrestle Kingdom of Akira and TJP defending against Bushi and Hiromu. Wow. I mean, here's the thing. Like, Hiromu t- traditionally is your your top of the you know number one seed your 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 anchor of the junior division your you know, first match in Wrestle Kingdom that's pretty uh interesting <laughs> I like it though well he was he was the opening match at Wrestle Kingdom was it last year or the year before that was it him and against ELP was the opening match yeah it's a good point Good spot. Get the crowd hyped. That's true. All right. That's good. That's a good point. I might want it. I think it's something new and fresh. I'd be fine with that. It's not going to 
I think all four of those guys could make it really interesting. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. All right, I'll text Ghetto. Uh, sixth <laughs> match is a special singles match. Again, it's a special again. Special singles match with Taiji Ishimori against Master Watto. So <laughs> it was supposed to be Kushida, but he hasn't recovered from his hand, foot, and mouth. And even when it was Kushida, it wasn't a junior title match defense anyway, because right. uh, this is a, a fantastic story, Damon. Very deep, intricate lore here of Taiji Ishimori assessing Kushida. So he's, he's going to assess him and assess his performances before deciding whether or not he would be worthy of an IWGP junior heavyweight tag team match. A tag team, tag team? No, no. not tag team. Ah! A IWGP junior heavyweight title opportunity. Yeah. So uh, Kushida wasn't going to get one and Watto's not getting one either. This is a special singles match. Um, what do you think is going to be the assessor's assessment of Master Watto? Do we give any chance to our little blue boy here? Blue boy has no shot, right? Let's, I, I, I can't imagine. Um, it's a singles match, uh, against a guy. No, 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 special singles match. My bad. My bad. No disrespect. Uh, it's important. Yeah. Uh, this special singles match. Look at the two guys that are in there. That has me super concerned because as, as, much as um, Master Watto has done well in the tag situation, uh, we all kind of, ooh, okay, let's see what you can do on your own. And he's going in there against a guy who does have a little bit of a reputation of taking nights off or... He's the junior Carl Anderson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, likes Taiji Shimori. Yeah. So... I, I'm, I'm, I just want to see how it works out. To be honest with you, like I'm, I'm working. I'm more interested in. Let's see if there, there's, like, like I just want to see. How it works. <laughs> Ishimori is just completely sandbagging him, just right. totally uncooperative, no selling all his attacks. Right, right, and Watto missing like, I set the over under at two moves. Uh, they completely missed the mark. Stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. Uh, yeah, it makes it makes for at least an interesting dynamic to a pro wrestling match. Where honestly, who would give a shit? Um, but that dynamic does have me intrigued. I'm telling you. Antonio says thoughts on Master Watto. Uh, do you think they will pull the trigger on him since Kashida's nope. sick? And how do you rate him going forward? In which category? Flop, middle, or success? I don't think he's a complete flop. I don't think he's a complete flop. Do you think he's a complete? He's not a complete flop. No, he's a, he's a mid-carder. He's a, a yep. solid mid-carder. Ooh, solid? Well, solid, solid in as much as he is solidly in the mid-card. <laughs> he's a solid <laughs> He's, he's a one consistent okay. performer. Gotcha. I, I'm with you on that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I cannot imagine them making him I can't imagine him getting the win here number one and then then two I can't imagine them ever giving him the title I just I would be shocked but stranger things have happened in the world of professional wrestling 
I think they missed a trick bringing Kushida back anyway and having him debut a new sort of mandible claw style finisher where he puts his hand, foot, mouth, crusted <laughs> hand in Taiji Shimori's mouth. <laughs> Lucky! Oh. Uh, right, so uh, interestingly, now Ishimori has been talking on New Japan Strong, my favourite TV show, about wrestling Leo Rush. Mm. So Kuro says, is Leo Rush the breath of fresh air the junior division needs? I can't wait for him and Despi to go off. So, or was it Despi who was talking about Leo Rush? I can't remember. Someone was talking about Leo Rush. Uh, and as always with Leo Rush, like I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. When he actually steps foot into the ring, whether that's on Strong or in Japan, then yeah, I'll talk about it. But until then, I mean, maybe there's something to it. Would Is Leo Rush potentially a guy that you could see being a big enough name to, let's say, step into a... IWGP junior heavyweight match at Wrestle Kingdom, or do you think he's not at that level? I think he is. Um, I think he could easily step in. It's just, unfortunately, the guy... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know, whether it's mental health issues or it's physical issues or it's uh, loss of love of pro wrestling or whatever the reasons, it just seems like the guy, is, he's in, then he's out, and he's in, and he's out, and he's in, and he's out. It's like, all right. I mean, how can you put any trust in a guy like that? Not for nothing. How can, how can you? How, I mean, could you give him a belt? I mean, you could. But. I don't know. I just uh I like him a lot. I like I like him in the ring. I like his look. I think it's it's creative. Uh I like everything about him except the fact that he doesn't wrestle enough for me <laughs> to be very truthful. That's really it. Yes, uh, likewise. I think bags of talent and there's even that sort of built-in goodwill with the New Japan fans and the work that he's done on Strong, but we just seems to have been waiting for him to come over to Japan for a long time now. So again, I'll, I'll wait and see when it actually happens. So the seventh match here is a KOPW 2022 provisional match. It's a Who's Your Daddy match between oh. the holder, Shingo Takagi, and the challenger, El Fantasmo. So the rules of this match, it's just a regular match, but the loser of the match will have to get an in-ring mic and declare to the world that the winner is their daddy. So... I mean, I'm really looking forward to the match. I think these are two tremendous wrestlers. We all know how good Shingo is, and ELP has come on leaps and bounds since this sort of slow transition to heavyweight, I guess. I mean, does this mean that he's fully heavyweight now? I would assume so. And I mean, what better way to cement that than by having ELP become the KOPW holder? But I mean, I'm torn on this one because I think Shingo's champion's been decent. Has Has he actually defended it yet? I don't think he has. Can you remember any KPW defenses of Shingo? <laughs> All I remember is the, the really good match he's the, the series he had with Taichi. Yeah. Um, yeah, there so. was I remember, yeah. What um, defense for this one, Damon? Like I feel like uh I feel like 
we have a little bit of uh, somebody. Someone's been watching a lot of Memphis tapes lately. I think <laughs> to have the stipulation involved. Um, it does feel very Memphisy. Um, but on paper, let's go the whole hog. Let's let's do like a sort of Jerry Springer style paternity test and have the yes. loser actually be the the winner's biological father. Fa- no, yeah, biological son. <laughs> That would be a really great storyline. You know, if Dick Togo is as into the sports entertainment as much as people think he is, then yeah. that seems to be the natural direction. I say we turn the, I say we turn the promotion into the hustle and just go all in. <laughs> we have Muda spraying <laughs> mist on body parts to produce babies. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, did you ever watch any of Hustle? Uh, no, I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Oh, so, uh, so it was a promotion... Uh, where a very uh, entertainment-based pro wrestling. Um, like, you will see Legends of the Ring n- now in the weirdest scenarios. That's the best way. It's, it's just it's wacky pro wrestling with people who you would think, this person would never do wacky pro wrestling. They're doing wacky pro wrestling. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, but I will let you choose. Anyway, who, um, who's your daddy? And, uh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I don't care. I like the match. It's a good match. Yes. I mean, you, yeah. Yes. And I'm glad that there's no sort of the, the, who's your daddy thing is not bleeding into the match. That it's not going to be like an, I quit match, but with who's your daddy. <laughs> no, it's not you. You're my daddy. <laughs> Imagine that they have the mic in the ring, you know, you're my daddy. Stupid. I don't want to. <laughs> no, you made that sound good now. I wanted to do that. Really? Thank you. I was, that was my Tully Blanchard. That was my Tully Blanchard. <sighs> All right. What's, what else we got? Uh, eighth match, special singles match. So we've got Kazuchika Okada against Jonah. So Okada can't be fucked defending the briefcase anymore. He's not doing that. He is moonwalking his way into Wrestle Kingdom regardless of the outcome of this match, which I respect. He just does not give a fuck about anyone else. But, uh, you know, he's he's running this company. We know it. He's the man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they could have made this one for the briefcase. And I'm not sure, in, in a way, this just being a special singles match adds more doubt to the outcome than if it were a briefcase match. Because if it was a briefcase match, I'm saying, well, no chance. We're not having Jonah going into the Wrestle Kingdom main event. But with it just being a special singles match, you know, why do that unless, I don't know, am I sort of working myself into a shoot here? Do you think there's any chance of Jonah winning this? I see what you're saying. I see where your mind is in, in the sense that taking out the briefcase and the stipulation gives them a safety net to be able to do a little bit more. They have a little bit more flexibility to do things. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if he, uh, Jonah gets a win. I wouldn't. Um, but then what, what do you do then? So if you have Jonah, who's got two wins over the G1 winner. I mean, there's at least two months before fucking Wrestle Kingdom, they can have a briefcase match. They can make, they can force the issue to have a, like you have a guy who's saying, I'm not fucking defending this thing. It's mine. I'm fuck you. I'm eat my ass. I ain't, it ain't happening. And then everybody's like, okay, well, and then they have to go and have an eat my ass match. (laughs) I'm all in. Let's do it. Uh, My, you know, my point is, is that 
there's you know without the without the briefcase you have Jonah win and it kind of forces the hand to have that match he's got two wins over him it's it, you know and even Okada could be like I don't fuck what well, you know uh or maybe he wants it though maybe maybe he wants it for revenge and says okay you beat me twice fuck you we're going a third time and I'll put up my stupid briefcase and then he gets the win. Oh, or can I throw another possibility yes. into the mix? So the website did mention uh, he wants to create a three-way defense of the heavyweight gold at the Tokyo Dome. Jesus Chances of that, Jay White versus Okada versus Jonah. I, I put that somewhere south of fuck all personally, but you know, you know, <laughs> strange things have happened. I'm telling you, just can can we not do that? Can we can we have an epic main event? at Wrestle Kingdom and without th- three ways and four ways and nine ways and just, <sighs> I don't know. Stop overthinking it, guys. Stop. Stop it. I, f- look, the first step no, was. To be, to be honest, I think that's, that was just like a throwaway line to create some intrigue. I don't, right. I, that's not happening. Right, well, sure. I don't want it to happen. Um, please. Thank you. All right. <laughs> that is the last word on Okada versus Jonah. So the main event, our ninth match, is the IWGB World Heavyweight Championship match. Jay White with his second defense. They've updated it. Before it said first defense, I, I assume that they were treating the Forbidden Door uh, victory. <laughs> I guess they figured pinning Adam Cole didn't count as a proper defense because he's so little. But now they've changed it, and it is a second defense. So uh, defending against the challenger, Tamatonga. So, I mean, I've been throwing flowers at Tamatonga for, it feels like, a year now. Uh, about how fantastic he's been with this face turn and uh, all the people who heap scorn on it are wrong. The crowd love him. He is one of the most over baby faces of the company with or without the clap crowds. And he's just, he, I mean, even I, I'm a guy who is higher in Tom Tom than most, but even he has surprised me with how successful this has been. But in spite of all that, does he have the baby face charisma to make this a legitimate threat to the championship of Jay White? And the answer is no. I mean, I'm not buying Tamatonga winning this for a second, which does sort of hurt the drama of the match, especially if it's going to go long as these title matches usually do. If if they get me with any of the near falls, then I would say that's a success. But I'm going into this match fully expecting a Jay White win. And does that hurt the drama of the match? Yes, it does. Does that really compromise the, you know, the dramatic integrity of the match? How are you feeling about this? It screams to me, and I could be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time, but it screams to me that something is there because you're right. On the surface, it, this is a title defense that you would think that, okay, it might be a very good match, but Jay White's winning it. And I, I don't think anybody is going into it being like, oh, they're going to they're gonna flip the title. So that means, at least in my eyes, that, okay, so something else has to happen. Something else has to occur. There has to be some something. Uh, you have an opportunity here with a former Bullet Club member and a current Bullet Club member and other people that are on this show that can interfere and cause havoc. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is a step in that direction with bullet club i don't know we've been saying it for a long time right and it really still hasn't come to pass um 
and maybe if maybe they're not going to. It seems weird that we've had so many stops and starts, but um maybe there's maybe there's more to this than we have on paper. So how are you feeling about declaration of power over? I think it's a pretty good card, to be honest, for this spot, you know, the Sumo Hall uh, October show that I, th- I think this is up to my expectations for a show of this caliber. Yeah, I think it's a different show. It feels like a different show. It feels like a fresh show um, with interesting little tidbits nestled in here and there that we talked about. Um, is it the sexiest show in the world? Probably not. But, I, again, I think there's a lot there that people can sink their teeth into and, and get into. Um, and, again, I, I do like the fact that it feels somewhat fresh. And it feels like there are avenues that they can go. Now, whether they choose to take routes that make things a little bit more interesting leading up into to, you know, the months to Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know. But, uh, like, it feels like there are, there, there are passageways interesting passageways just centered around this card that lead to the future that's that's what i see do you think that we're going to get a big angle of this show i do i do it feels like one of those shows that you're going to get a big angle i don't and again no fucking pastrami sandwiches no nothing like i like this is but it's just in my years of watching pro wrestling it feels like a show where something's going to happen and I don't know what it, that might be or what, you know, who knows. But it just feels that way. Well, that is a Declaration of Power coming up Monday, October 10th at Ryogoku Kokugikan. So, I mean, I'll throw this in here. We can edit it out later. Of course, uh, we have the news that occurred earlier in the week about the death of Antonio Inoki, which is obviously something that we will need to discuss. Now, there are other people and podcasts out there who, if you are looking for sort of a big historic deep dive and, you know, the trip down memory lane, all the great memories of Anoki, this is not the place for that because, I mean, personally, I don't have the either the knowledge or the interest to do that. Um, and I would suggest that, I mean, I, to be honest, Damon, I think our listeners don't expect that of us. So we did uh, want to get a guest on the show. We did reach out to uh, Joe Lanza from Voices of Wrestling but uh, anyone who follows Voices of Wrestling will know that Joe is uh, not in a good way right now because his voice is absolutely buggered. So we'll be waiting on him uh, until his voice is recovered so he can hop on the Jcast and do this topic justice. Because I personally, I would like to come at it at a slightly different angle than a lot of the other retrospectives where, I, don't, I hate to say it, Damon, they feel kind of whitewashed because Inoki is a, a, a very complex person and I feel a lot of the stuff I've seen and heard sort of sort of skates past the more controversial topics where I, you know, I think we've got to do our due diligence and, and handle it in a, in a fair and balanced way, personally. A thousand percent. Um, and I, and, and that's what I really feel that makes Anoki a, just a unbelievable story. <laughs> just like, like everything, like he is pro wrestling. I mean, just like the definition of pro wrestling is <laughs> how Antonio Inoki worked his career both in and out of the ring. <laughs> um, he's got it. He's got an absolutely unbelievably interesting story. 
And I think that, yes, matches are important and all that, but I think that there are other things that made him so iconic um, and notorious that, like, I love, I, I, I love hearing people's views of him because he is a very polarizing personality um, in the world of pro wrestling. Um, so again, it, I, I don't think it's going to be like, we're not going to sit here and fucking bury him, but we're, we're going to talk about the goods and the bads, um, and what we know of that. So I think it'd be a fun conversation. Yes. So whenever that comes your way, you know, it, it can wait. I'm just going to bite my tongue there. Don't make any jokes, Joel. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good boy. Uh, Yes. So let's uh, do some questions then, because right. uh, we've got a 52 minute podcast here. Uh, let's see what we got. Um, oh, uh, new NJ's villain says if Omega Osprey is off the table for Wrestle Kingdom, what is for Will at Wrestle Kingdom? So, yeah, let's uh, sort of look ahead here at the show, the Battle Autumn Osaka show, Saturday, November 5th. So we have the US Heavyweight Championship match with Osprey defending his US title against Naito. We also have Never Openweight Championship match with. Carl Anderson defending against Hikuleo. So looking specifically at that Osprey-Naito match, I mean, assuming Osprey wins, which he might not, you know, I could easily see Naito winning that. But if Osprey does win, if it's not Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, who do you think would be a good defense for Osprey at the Tokyo Dome? <sighs> well, I mean, can I just, I'm going to address one thing when it comes to Will and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has been suspended from AEW longer than like people who actually did something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like actually did bad things. He was just trying to protect the dog. He I got mean, bit. come on. I'm not <laughs> hey. I'm not a big Kenny defender or anything, right. but surely. <laughs> right. Why is this guy suspended again? He got bit. <laughs> oh. And it's been what? Oh, I mean, we're going on two months now? It's unbelievable. Um, what the fuck are they doing over there? <laughs> Seriously, like, what the fuck are they doing over there? I mean, I'm sure there's legal. Everybody's trying to sue everybody at this point. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, what a what a wacky scenario. What a, just a fucking disappointment. This uh, that whole thing has become. Anyway, uh, David, they should do a trade. They should a new Japan should trade Ibushi with uh, Omega, <laughs> and then everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, Apart from the Golden Lovers stands, who don't get to see this, they still don't get it. Yeah, they still don't get what they want. Um, it's just weird. Anyway, um, who, so if it's not Kenny, who would be a good choice? <sighs> who would be a good choice? That's a great question. That's a great question. Who would you put in there with him that he hasn't been in there with already? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of look for the sort of New Japan roster. I'm scratching my head. I mean, he's wrestled everyone. Naito was the last person, and now he's wrestling Naito in Osaka. Right. So, I'd have to think you'd be looking outside the company. I mean, is there anyone on the uh, AEW roster that you think could be a realistic and big enough drawing challenger for him? Well, that's the challenge, right? Because again, they have that show in AEW has that show on the fourth in Seattle. Right. Um, so, and again, like Seattle's a huge launching point to go to Japan. Like that's a, like a you know you fly to either Chicago, Houston, or or Seattle, 
and then go to Japan nine times out of ten unless you're flying direct out of New York. Um, I mean, oh, I don't you know, know. forget that you you guys. So I just, the, I, I've got okay two suggestions for you here. Okay, that I don't think he's wrestled. He hasn't wrestled in New Japan. Jonah or Tom Lawler. I think Osprey versus Jonah could be a lot of fun. Oh, it absolutely could be a lot of fun. Um, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, I don't know. I know I'm going down that roster, and I'm like, I got to be honest with you, it feels like it's got to be somebody outside the roster. Uh, and I'm, and even then, I'm kind of like, okay, like who's who's able to go and who's willing to go and how are they going to make it happen and all that shit. Jonah sounds as good as, as, as anybody right now. Um, I mean, who I, I again, who like maybe one of the guys coming back from excursion. Yeah. Shota Shota might be, Oh, well, no, they just wrestled, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But nobody saw it on the show that nobody's allowed <laughs> to watch. <laughs> So technically, they really didn't. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the route they go. Who knows? I mean, but yeah, I mean, it does feel a little bit like, oh, okay. What are we going to be doing here? I, I just sat sat here and talked about a show that's, that that had many different options, and now we got Will Osprey, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, how, what? Who do we put in the ring with him? Sonata. Oh <laughs> Lord. Oh Lord. Well, um, I tai mean, Chi. That'd be good. Osprey against Tai Chi. Don't know if they've wrestled each other before. How about Zach? They, they must have done. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, they've wrestled each other tons of times. Tons it's of always time. great. Yeah. yeah. Always delivers. Zach might yeah, be a good pick. I might, I might lean that way. It might be good. All right. All right. Uh, more questions then. Andrew says, uh, Kiss are playing at the Tokyo Dome on November 3rd. Will they outdraw Wrestle Kingdom and Muto's retirement combined? Oh, great question. Uh, Kiss at the Tokyo Dome. Will it outdraw combined Wrestle Kingdom and Muto? I would think a concert set up has more seats. No, well, maybe not. Maybe probably about the same, right? A floor. When it's all said and done between the entrance ramps. See? I say, you figure, even if we go 25 for each of the wrestling shows, that's, you know, 50. Is Kiss getting 50 at the Tokyo Dome? Probably. I'm going to say Kiss. Uh, I don't have an opinion on that. I, <laughs> I, I will defer to your musical expertise. And yes, Kiss. Let's go with Kiss. Yeah. Go Kiss. Uh, face Collector says, what do you think about Clark Connor's Game Hunter gimmick? Feel like he needs some chewing tobacco or a can of Miller Lite to hammer at home. I mean, I think it's a bit cheesy, but I think it sort of hits that sort of peak spot, the sweet spot of cheesy that's will continue to get him over with the uh, the home crowd in Japan. I guess. I, I mean, I'm not personally a fan of it. I mean, it's not like it's he's the fucking bushwhackers. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Oh, you should start licking people's heads. There you go. That's the missing piece. That's what we need. I mean, because everyone from New Zealand and Australia do that, right? That's I mean, that's just 
what happens down there. Everybody walking around in that walk with their hands going up and down uh, and licking people. That's how they breathe. <laughs> <That's, laughs> Clark got to do the hand thing. Yeah. He's got to do the hand thing. Come on. Yeah. I would pay I would pay cash money to have him do the little bushwhacker stroll. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, it's okay. I mean, listen, it's a hat and fucking what? A vest? Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Troy says, uh, with the presence of Team Filthy and TMDK in New Japan, if you were given the chance to add a new member to each faction that are based in Japan, so New Japan wrestlers that aren't strong mainstays, who would you add to Team Filthy and TMDK respectively? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at unaffiliated guys, you know, maybe a David Finley or maybe, uh, I think David Finley might be a good fit in Team Filthy um, and maybe a returning Young Lion, they could be in the mix. I mean, for TMDK, who would be good in TMDK? Robbie Eagles? I don't know if that's just me being lazy for the uh, Australasian uh, connection. <laughs> connection there, yeah. uh, who would I put in there? I would put... Uh, you know what would be really cool? And it would never... I mean, it's breaking the rules of even this question, but how about Minoru Suzuki in Team Filthy? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah, I like it. Well, it's that, weird, but I like it. I, that, I think that would be fucking rad. Um, and you know, Tai Chi taking over what would be now called Suzuki Goon, and have a little little feud there. I think that be, could be fun. Um, yeah. So. Well, maybe Hikuleo would be good in TMDK. I know he's sort of connected with Gorillas of Destiny, but. Yeah. That'd be quite a good fit anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Classic Cat says, Meltzer is reporting that WWE is looking for, quote, unquote, a big Japanese guy. What guy would you like to see get sent from New Japan to WWE? Uh, can we sort of, is there any way we can convince WWE that Luke Gallows is Japanese <laughs> and <laughs> get to send him and Carl back there? Yes. Um, I don't necessarily think that's... Do we like you remember the Lord Tensai thing with uh, yes Giant Bernard? Yes, <laughs> do that and be like, yep, yeah, it's definitely Japanese. Yep. <laughs> certainly. Uh, I I'll tell you one guy that I would be afraid that WWE has their eyeballs on, and it I think he's but he's I think he's more of a Vince guy than anything else, and that's Hikaleo. Well, yeah, not not Japanese, but right, yeah, I could see that. You know what I mean? Um, like, I, that's that's one guy. Wasn't they talk as Sanada? Wasn't Sanada in there? Are you kidding me? They had their eyes on him a few years ago. Uh, I mean, there's no, absolutely zero chance you would ever get anywhere close to being over. Oh uh, my god, no. yeah, no, that would not. Be quite fun. You know what? I'd like to see that. Not, not really, personally, against Sanada, but it would just be very funny. You can watch it right <laughs> now. It's called Shinsuke Nakamura. Not gonna work. <laughs> I was about to say a company that failed to get Shinsuke Nakamura over in any meaningful way to just have a crack with Sonata. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we have Kenta there too as well? I'm just saying. Just saying. Oh <laughs> fuck! What a company that is. All right. No, uh, but I would say, hey, I don't think it's any. Uh, it's it's not like it's fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi or fucking you know any of the Naito or any of anybody like that. I think it's somebody that's in. Who's to say? It could be fucking, you know, Jake Lee or fucking Kenta Miyahara or, uh, you know, whomever. 
Like, it doesn't have to be New Japan. Uh, Andrew has another question here. If Joel could take any New Japan wrestler on holiday to... Now, I know he wants me to just pronounce this very poorly because this is the name of a Welsh place that I went to on holiday when I was little. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to make a complete fool of myself here. Let me... Clangochlan. Uh, oh. Who would he take? So this is a... Uh, I went on a, a, a riverboat holiday. Beautiful place. Clangochlan. I'll say it again so you can all laugh at me. Uh, I would take... Because he's got a carder with me because he's good at piloting a boat. So yes. he would be great at navigating the Clangochlan Canal. Yes. We'd have a really fun time and play cards. We'd play Uno on the riverboat and visit lots of nice local pubs and it'd be a lovely holiday for all. <laughs> Mikey says, for comparison, Damon, well, Tag League versus Super Junior Tag League. Super Junior Tag League. Super Junior yeah. Tag League has good matches thrown in the, you know, in the mix. Like, like it's, I think, I feel like, Super Junior Tag is is an easier watch than some of those middle show world tags. Those those are are tough to get by, and but it doesn't really matter because I'll be on vacation then. You know I'll, that's our that's our month holiday, right? We got to start lining that up, right? We're doing that, right? Well, you say that, but with these cheering shows, you know, no. you could be missing out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll we'll open it up again because everyone did such a fantastic job I'm last right. time that. Uh, yeah, they, they deserve to get something nice to cover, not clap crowds <laughs> while tagging shows. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be perfectly fine having the same people night. as before. I mean, if, if we wanted to reach out to them, because yeah. I thought everybody did a great job. And, but, and if there's more people, Agreed. by all means, bring it on. Yeah, except Josh from We Work Stiff. I don't want you anywhere near the Super J cast. Um, all right, what? let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? Uh, Daryl says, does it concern anyone how many events are pay-per-view nowadays? I think this is more of a situation regarding shows outside Japan, but it feels like this is becoming a much more regular thing. Are we going to have a situation where some big shows, Dominion or Wrestle Kingdom, are going to move to pay-per-view? Um, so, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's going to be the case for the, the Japanese-based shows. Um, I would be shocked if there was an extra fee associated with getting say like G1 or Wrestle Kingdom i'm i'm i wouldn't be surprised if that is the future where you pay for your subscription and then you have to pay x whether it's $5 or $10 whatever i don't know for the bigger shows that that might be you know wrestling streaming's future specifically new japan world i don't know for a fact but i mean if they're looking to monetize that would be the way to do it um the 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 shows overseas in england states etc um i mean they had that relationship with fight and you know that that relationship involved money it's people you know that was a Harold thing, though, a Michael Craven thing too, right? Like I feel like fight was that. Um, I, but I think the future is you pay for the streaming service and then you pay extra on top of it. And I think like a service like New Japan World, you know, New Japan World's not Peacock, right? It's, it's not NBC Universal. 
It's New Japan world. So that's how they're going to make money off of it. So your concerns are valid. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing sort of the odd shows that pop up, like, you know, Taka Taichi Despi Mania. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do wonder sort of how the sustainability of this uh, 999 yen model, uh, especially with the company losing money through the, uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see going forward. Um, Cactus Max says, could we have a 15 minute segment for Cheryl holding forth on Ikea and tips on self-assembly? Like oh. Damon, the wife orders me out of the room so she can self-assemble in peace. Yeah, it's a skill. It's an absolute skill. Um, everything comes flat packed and there's directions and it's all illustration and you got to really pay attention to what side to screw and well, you know, but she's an expert at it. I, I'm telling you, everything in our house that has been put together. She did. She did. Um, I would just, I would do like a show. I would do this show and walk out and be like, oh, cabinets are done or whatever. Uh, she just has that skill, the patience. And and here's the thing, uh, a stickler to detail. Like Cheryl is, is, is an eye dotter and a T crosser. So um, she is kind of good at that. It doesn't mean that she necessarily likes it, but she's good at it. And uh, yeah, I mean, but, and I think guys don't have the, the majority of guys that I know don't necessarily have that patience. Like, like it's, it's, it's a patience thing. Like if you like doing puzzles, it might be for you, but um, I, I get yeah. just, that, that's what I like about doing it. It's just like a big jigsaw puzzle. And uh, I'm allowed to shut the children out of the room. Yes, <laughs> I say, Oh no, no, it's dangerous for them. They can't yes. Move. Yes. And then but- I actually get some peace and quiet and listen to some <laughs> podcasts or what, or some YouTube. And I do it really, really slowly. <laughs> And even though the actual the actual process may only take me about five minutes of actual assembly, I just take about two hours doing it and come out sort of wiping my brain going, oh, God, that was really tough. <laughs> They're like, well, what's all that used tissue on the ground? What did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that came with the box, dear. Huh. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, okay. Uh, Multiverse Ace. Uh, so a lot of these questions are very old. You'll be able to tell. Multiverse Ace says, with the passing of John Madden, who do you consider the definitive voice of professional wrestling? Uh, do you know who John Madden is, uh, Joe? Yes. Oh, yes, I do. look at you, Mr. Sports. Um, who is the voice of professional wrestling? <sighs> look, Jim Ross in the 80s was fucking untouchable to me. Like his Mid-South UWF, early WCW, and and even early WWFE was really good. Really good. He has lived off of that run. He's in the rest of his career, mind you. Um, but that run that right, he so had, you're telling me you, you don't want twenty twenty two JR no. commentating on a house of torture, <laughs> <laughs> never overweight six man tag team championship, dog cage, tornado survival match. Can you imagine? Like if the world just didn't change and he was still doing commentary. Oh my goodness gracious. What a fucking train wreck that would be. No, I want no, no, no. Um, who's the best right now? That that wasn't the question. That's not the question. Who's the best right now? Um, look, I think honestly, I think Kevin Kelly's run with New Japan has to be up there. Don't you think? Like, I'm not just blowing smoke because I like the guy. 
Like he legitimately, mm. you know, he legitimately his run with New Japan has been was some of the best pro wrestling calls I yes. think ever. Agree. And then you have to I mean, put who in, else is there? Yeah. And then you have to put in like I think like there's a guy like Lance Russell who I really like just because he's just like the guy next door. Um I think those that's that's a solid list. I think but I think I think Jim Ross is that run, I don't think that's good. That's very hard to touch. Very hard to touch. Uh, Festive Dwarf says, why doesn't Damon check his Snapchat anymore? I forgot I even had one. <laughs> I got <laughs> to be honest with you. I, no, I mean, I, I don't check anything. Every once in a while, I'll go on Instagram. Um, oh, by the way, I got Have you seen – yeah, yeah, you follow Mally on Instagram, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen her? You wouldn't have done because you're recording a podcast with me right now, and you're a professional. But uh, do you have your Instagram handy? I I do. Let's uh, take a look. See, I can fire that up. Of course. Um, I'm not going to say say my wife's Twitter handle. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Instagram handle. Yeah. Fun on Saturday morning. You turned up. Let's get that one. Skip it. Skip yeah. it. All right. Oh, here we go. Yeah, just here we go. You sitting with the child. Uh, let's get that one. Oh, I said, I know there's a lot here. I should have been more specific about which ones I wanted right, you to watch. Uh, all right, now we're at the park. We're in a car. Uh, let's get that one as well. Oh my goodness gracious! All right, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's a better result in a boob. Uh, let's see here. All right, now we're back. We're still driving school. Nine one one driving school. Oh, look at you all. Let's get that. Just keep going until we're back home. And Arthur's in his pajamas. Okay, let me uh, keep going. How do I skip? Do I just swipe? Oh my God. I think you just touch the screen and you do can I? skip. Okay. Oh, thank you. All right. So we're building now. All right. Oh, we're home. And we're walking. We're walking. Look at him go. Look, Look at, him at go. this monster go. Oh my God. Oh. No sold it like a champ. What a the second coming of Tom Hira Ishii. He is ah, oh, he's adorable. Little guy walking around now. My God, you are screwed. I know, right? I like your there place. You go, the future IWGP uh, mixed gender tag team champions. Yeah, no doubt. Esther and Arthur. Yeah. Oh, now he's tired. Um, <laughs> he's just, <laughs> just he's lying on the floor. Yeah, he just he just died. Um, <laughs> I like your house too. I like your I like your apartment. I like I like the way you have it set up. It's very spacious, very open, very clean looking. Very nice. You'll have to come over sometime. That's that that's that plane ride, my friend. That's that plane ride. When they invite when, when they invent teleportation, I'm all fucking in. All fucking in. I do want to go back. We were talking about Japan the other day, me and Cheryl. We're like, oh, it'd be great to go back. Yeah, we're thinking about it as well. With like, you know, if we do go back to the UK permanently from next summer while we're in asia we're thinking oh, should we get in one last trip to japan and this is going to be sacrilege but i was thinking you know if i do you know let's say we go to japan over christmas i'm not sure i want to go to wrestle kingdom right is that ter- is that terrible um i mean it really depends on a lot of scenario but yeah i mean trust me cheryl doesn't give a fuck she would be like i don't want to go i'm good um it would be weird to not, but honestly, I think a lot of the things that we were talking about really didn't involve any type of wrestling. 
So I don't know. It would be it would be interesting. Let's, let's just put it that way. But yeah, I, you, if if you should definitely, you're three hours away. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I would be booking yeah. that right now. Fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm taking myself. I yeah? deserve it. Oh, I'll be so jealous of you, you fucker. Well, you're eating those that delicious. Oh, I will. I will be jealous. I will absolutely be jealous. All right. Um, what else we got? We done? I mean, I, you know, listen. I know we we thought maybe Lanza was hopping on today. We weren't quite sure. I don't know. He's not coming on today. Yeah, he's not. Then he's sick. He's his, his voice is absolutely buggered. Like anyway, he did a little audio update. Like, it was like three minutes long on the Patreon, and he just he sounds horrific. There's oh. no way he's going today. Maybe yeah. next week. Maybe next week we'll do it. it. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad because every okay. time it's like there's always a you know, like we've had wanted to have him. He's on. never been on. Has no, he? he's never been on. But like when you were away. He was one of the guys, and then yeah, I, I was really looking forward to that. I was just like, yes, you know, Damon and Joe breaking down G One climax. No, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was like a schedule were fucked up, and then you were coming back, and then yeah, it, it was it just didn't happen. And like he I, he was he's always been one of those guys where I've been like, oh, that'd be, that would be that'd be super fun. But yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Um, oh, I gotta. Okay. Keep the money coming in, please. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. We appreciate all your donations. That's going to fund my trip to Japan. Yeah. Uh, Discord link you can get if you send me a direct message on Twitter or I'll join our wonderful community there at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super J cast if you want to buy one of our t shirts. Thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.